You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 415. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Venak. Having a good day? I am having a good day. I've been plugging away on this big audit for the past day or two, and uh, just sometimes it feels good to work on these projects. You know, you just get going with it, and yeah, it's I don't know. Embedded and not being going, go jumping from one thing to another all the time. Yeah, I've been pretty focused the past couple of days, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, on that note, I tried to stay focused and got, we think we've got some notes together here. <laughs> I'm, I am rather squirrelish. Um, but uh, yeah, the first bit of news is about WordPress uh, you found there. So head away. Yes. So yeah. just a Friendly reminder to everybody out there to update WordPress. As of uh, September 9th, they issued a, a new uh, release, 5.8.1, which fixes multi multiple security vulnerabilities. So anytime it's a security update, you definitely should act on it. Um, as usual, back up your site first, just in case. Uh, there were three main vulnerabilities. And if this sounds technical, uh, you're not alone because uh, I don't totally get what all these things mean. But here you go. Uh, there was a data exposure vulnerability within the REST API that's been resolved. Uh, a cross-site scripting XSS vulnerability in the Gutenberg block editor, which has been resolved, and multiple critical to highly uh, multiple critical to high severity vulnerabilities in the Lodash JavaScript library. So oh, those. That. Yeah, you know, we see that every day, right? You know, I, I honestly, I, I shouldn't say this, but honestly, I haven't got a clue what some of those yeah, are. Likewise, uh, I just know to update. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it says it's a vulnerability and that's what it fixes, so you fix it. Uh, and it's a simple update button and uh, as long as it doesn't break your website and you have to roll back, it's uh, pretty painless. And honestly, in all these years, I've only seen a couple instances where a WordPress update resulted in catastrophe, so. 
And thank yeah, so it's extremely rare. So I wouldn't worry about it. It's more important to get things fixed than anything. You can always roll back if there's an issue. If you're with any kind of half decent hosting, they have the ability to, you know, just practically press a button and restore the old install. So um, make sure you do have that. Uh, always have backups before that. Even WordPress says that. Um, you know, you want to make sure you've uh, you're covering your bases because accidents happen. Always have those backups. Yeah, always have those backups. And if you can, uh, try to have an offsite backup as well on your local machine. Um, I don't want to get too much into this, but I have a hosting account with some personal stuff. And that host had some serious issues and thousands of users had their websites basically wiped out off of all their servers, including their backup servers. Um, so catastrophe to say the least, I was one of the lucky ones on the server that my stuff was on. They were able to restore it. So it was all good. But um, uh, so even your host could screw up. So have an offsite backup at least every now and then if you can have, if you can manage it. Yeah. And I mean, consider this too. It's just like, uh, I mean, you don't control the server. You're not there to make sure no one turns it off in the middle of your, up, up, your, your update, uh, which just like updating anything can cause massive havoc to whatever you're doing. Uh, and I don't mean that they're just going to turn it off and they do it on a regular basis, but the fact is sometimes they are restarting the server and uh, it's, very quick uh, sites are back up within a minute but timing is everything and you know murphy's law <laughs> if you hit update at the same time that they hit they hit restart uh you might be in a bit of trouble <laughs> yeah yeah so backups critical now in uh the last show we talked about the google title debacle and how everyone or not everyone but uh, a number of Influential um, SEOs are, are making a stink out of it for good reason. It does, uh, from our perspective at least, uh, uh, have some impact on the conversion optimization of titles. Uh, a lot of us spend quite a bit of time writing our titles so that when they do show up in search, you know, they're going to get a good top ranking because first we optimized them. <laughs> um, well, you got to make sure that when you do show up, that those titles are attractive enough that they're going to click through versus other ones. Well, when Google rewrites them, uh, that's not always the case. They kind of simplify them and dumb them down and they were removing emojis and things that people were using to try and get an extra edge. I didn't mind the re removal of emojis. I kind of thought they were a little bit garbage-like. Reminds me of the 90s. I, yeah, but it does, it, admittedly, it does drag your eye. So I guess there's that. And from a marketer's perspective, you can't really say bad things about that as long as it's not giving a bad taste to your prospect. Um, in any case, uh, Search Engine Roundtable. So Barry, uh, Barry Schwartz put together an article, uh, are Google titles changing in search, but for the better? Um, and in this case, <laughs> he pretty much consolidated a number of different uh, mentions about them about this issue from Twitter and uh, from various users on Twitter. And just a few things that showed up were that apparently emojis are reappearing occasionally. Uh, they Google does seem to be working on this. Maybe they did listen, uh, at least to a degree. So um, that, that's that's a bit of a relief for some, but. Uh, it's not great either. Uh, in this case, Andy Beard mentioned that uh, he sees lots of bad cases, um, but that were fixed. However, um, emojis are mostly back and brands are still being added. So, I mean, brands that were in the name perhaps were being removed, 
whatever. I mean, this is automated. So it's not like a person was going in there going, oh, this isn't good. I'm going to change it to this, who might have considered such things. It was automated and it wasn't great. And uh, uh, anyway, things appear to be leveling out. Whether or not that's going to actually end up being a good thing uh, is debatable. But we're, we're definitely watching. As everyone knows, this industry is a little bit uh, focused on anything that Google does, uh, even the smallest things can be uh, blown out of proportion. In this case, I think it's worthwhile that the pressure is being put on. All right, so that's a, a good piece of news. Uh, next piece here is about keyword research. I thought it was a pretty good article. I used to write these articles all the time and, and uh, I was taken off guard. There's some good tools here I'd never seen before, which is always a, a bit of a, a refresher. So um, let's see if I can get this page loaded. This was written by Mindy Weinstein, and it's, uh, it's on the Search Engine Journal site, and the title is How to Go Deeper with Keyword Research, Go-To Tools and Techniques. Oh, I loved writing these articles. They were so easy to write when we were focused on, on all, like when I was more focused on finding new tools, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we're pretty happy with the tools that we have, so we don't typically do that now. Or Scott, I mean, if you need something, I find it, but, or you find it. It's just, that's it. There's a lot of options out there, but it, it there was make good... me, hmm? It does make me feel like we need to get back into writing more articles like this because they sometimes we're kind of fun to write. And uh, you, yeah. you know, you always stumble upon new things when you write articles like this and you, you learn quite a bit. So maybe we should go back to it, but I shouldn't add more work to my docket right now. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. I, I can't fit it in right now, but I, I, it is something I'd love to get back to. I think really what, what was the motivating factor for me, well, obviously we wanted the visibility, but I've found that, um, see, these days I'm more in business development uh, in my position as CEO. So I find that uh, I'm not digging into some of the more advanced stuff that I used to. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that again, though, when I get a little, I'm, I'm looking to get a few more assistants to help me on different areas, but so that I can focus more on this. And what happened is, you know, usually when I was digging in or I was doing audits or I was doing something, there was just natural ideas for articles that just pop up I'm like i'll write that that'd be great whip it off um and when we consolidated a bunch of great tools this is a perfect opportunity to write one but that just hasn't happened so yeah it's a matter of just that intention i think and being in the right place at the right time too uh i'm looking forward to be more uh, digging more into the seo at some point Anyways, uh, some of the, the, the tips she gave, um, I thought were really, really worthwhile, especially to the 101 crowd. Um, you know, when you're doing keyword research, you want to be focusing on solving the problem of your prospect. You know, what is it that, that you know, you go after their pain points. What is it they're looking for that they need help with? Uh, and there's some, some helpful tools to dig into this and find out. And, and uh, a couple of the ones that were mentioned, uh, I took notes on here. So they'll be in the show notes if you, uh, if you do receive those from um, seo101radio.com. If you go there, you'll, you'll find uh, an option to sign up. That's seo101radio.com. Uh, so one of the useful tools was demographicspro.com. Uh, and Demographics Pro, I just did a bit of reading on it, but essentially, um, I, I, if as soon as you sign up for their product, <laughs> you know, nothing's cheap these days when it comes to, the, especially into intelligence, 
um, you want marketing intelligence is never cheap. You're going to find out that uh, uh, what your particular audience does, you know, who they are, what they do based on keywords. Uh, and it's, it's not the end all and be all. I don't think any of these tools are because they only typically search a portion of the internet, but it's hell of a lot better than not knowing um, or guessing. Uh, nine times out of 10, I would say, are, are probably more than that. Our clients uh, guess what their prospects are looking for and they're wrong or they're off base by a bit. And that bit can be a mile, really, when it comes down to results. Uh, we think we know our, our, our clients and our, our um, prospects, but oftentimes they have pain points we're not even aware of. Uh, audio, no, audi, audience, that's A-U-D-I-E-N-S. Uh, used to be social bro if anyone is familiar with the old twitter tool uh, it provides twitter insights on what people are doing what you know what kind of discussions are taking place and gives you some more demographic and uh, more more information that you can use and leverage um, one of the ones i thought was really cool is social social searcher uh, what you can use that for is type in a word um, and a keyword get related words where the discussions are taking place, you'll actually see a uh, interface showing snippets from Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook, you, anything that's open will be showing up with that we're are discussing, discussing that word that you were searching. Um, so you'll see who's discussing it, um, some of the keywords they made might have put in the uh, post, how engaged people were on them. Uh, what they use to optimize their content, if applicable. Uh, this is particularly particularly in the case of YouTube, um, where you can also do some research using this tool. Anyway, it, it appears to be completely free, uh, but I did not dig in, so don't hold me to that. Um, SeedKeywords.com, uh, another great way uh, and, uh, to get some research done. I thought this was fascinating and quite brilliant. Essentially, what you do is you pose a question. And then you pull and you send this to your clients and friends or whoever you want to send it to. And the question is, um, that is designed to, okay, here, I'll, I'll read off the example because I'm screwing this up already. Um, the example they have is, <clears throat> you have a faulty PC. You need to have it fixed. What would you search for? And then the, your the people you sent this to would fill in their information. So they would say, uh, my search phrase would be this, submit. Uh, and then when you get the final report and you can create your own scenario, obviously, whatever you want, uh, it's gonna show what keyword they used um, and some of the information about it. It looks like you can do, uh, you can actually submit the query to see what comes up and the end start to dig into uh, the kind of results that are uh, being provided. And this is great because oftentimes I even forget to ask more complex questions of leads. Uh, so I realize you found us on Google, but do you remember what you searched us for? <laughs> Nine times out of 10, they don't. Um, and we just move on to talking about, well, what the reason they called us but I think it would be really interesting to send this to existing clients and finding out what they would search for and get some fresh information on it. Um, I think I'm going to try it in fact. 
So that's that's a great one. Uh, SeedKeywords.com. Other more obvious ones that many of us have used before, uh, you may not have though, so I'm going to mention them, are Google Trends. Get some great information on what's trending, what has trended in the past, uh, the, the history of that trend. Sometimes it's up and down all over the map. Sometimes you'll see seasonal trends, which is really handy as well for uh, planning your pay-per-click or your SEO. Answer the public gives you some perspective on questions. Uh, actually, the next few do. Uh, question analyzer from BuzzSumo. Uh, then also alsoasked.com. That's alsoasked.com. And last of all, uh, the SEMrush keyword magic tool has a, a question option. We use that one a lot. I really like the SEMrush keyword tool. Um, when all this comes together, though, we have to review intent. You know, what is it? that people are looking for. And when you look at the search results, you'll see different types of intent. You know, it might be intent, people are just looking for knowledge. It might be intent, they're looking to buy. Uh, intent is just uh, kicking the can, you know, just interest, uh, a little harder to detect that. But uh, the, in particular, you wanna look for the ones that, uh, for the search results that appear to be doing well uh, they're perhaps are being paid for. They're obviously near the top of the search and they are uh, provoking that purchase or getting the, the right kind of people to contact you. Anyway, uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty helpful. So what's up next here, Scotty? Oh, I had to make sure I wasn't muted. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad at not unmuting myself. Um, so there was a study by Bright Local. They looked at 1,100 and change uh, U.S.-based customers and found that 63% of consumers say that incorrect information on a business listing would stop them from choosing that business, um, which is kind of significant to think that if you have a a typo, say, in, in, your, in your Google My Business listing, you could lose half of your customers right over that. You know, that's big. It's big. Um, they, where do they say? There was Prospective a customers, anyway. Prospective yeah. customers, that's true. Um, there was a stat here somewhere that said, was it 77% said they, if they found conflicting information on a business information site, they would potentially leave... Uh, there was there was one about just business hours. I, I can't seem to find that stat. That's what I was looking for here. It said it, uh, if the business listing contained inaccurate hours, you know, a large percentage will show up outside of regular business hours, and that's it. They're done. And, and how many people neglect to update their business hours? I found with COVID especially, so many businesses changed their open hours and didn't update their online listings. So everyone looked open, but they're not. Uh, so pretty major. And, and you know, you're potentially losing these customers forever. Uh, it really shows how critical it is to have your local listing up to date and accurate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the parts of the study there is quite interesting is it shows the proportion of consumers that used business information sites in the last 12 months, and it gives you some idea where they're looking. Obviously, Google's number one, 89%. Facebook was 48%. And Yelp at 32%. After that, it plummets pretty quickly. Um, Unfortunately, I don't like seeing Yelp up there because uh, it's not that much fun for businesses to deal with. But uh, uh, it is nice to see Google and Facebook high up there. Those are certainly ones we pay great attention to uh, when we're doing marketing. Uh, and, and, you know, part of this, 
is really listening to oftentimes, if you have your Google, my business listing set up, you're being reminded. Um, and Bing does this, uh, does a really good job of this. Actually, if you have a Bing listing, um, people are checking this and they're looking for information. So Bing and Google, they often send reminders, Hey, you know, this holiday's coming up. Are you open? Please update your listing. And it's easy to put that off. I am guilty of that myself uh, to say, oh yeah, I'll get to that. And you forget. Uh, you need to go in there and make sure that stuff's updated. If you have a brick and mortar business or, or whatever it may be, if it's uh, like us, we don't, well, we do have brick and mortar, but we don't really get walk-ins anymore, not during COVID. So it's more just ensuring that people know when your phone hours are, when they can contact you and they can expect a fairly quick response. And it's not that difficult to update, really. And it, it'll literally take you 10 minutes if you've got all your, your login information, which should be on hand. So, you know, listen to those updates, uh, those little nudges from Google. They love the nudge. Uh, they want you to be paying attention to that because you, it means you're going to be on their platform. And uh, they can then tease you with the opportunities to do paid ads. <laughs> That's really all the reason they want you. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, and maybe book it a book of time, like once a week, even to check it. Uh, you got to remember too that uh, Google My Business listings, in particular, can be hijacked. I'm not saying someone can say that. Well, actually, it has happened where people have hijacked it so completely you can't even access it. That's exceedingly rare, as far as I know. Uh, I've never seen it with my clients. I've just heard about it. But when it comes down to it, you do see people trying to change the phone number. Uh, trying to change the URLs, um, suggesting different addresses. I mean, it's, and it's, it can't be anything but malicious because sometimes it just makes no sense. There's just no way that that was <laughs> a, a, a positive intentional move. So, uh, you know, if you don't check on them, sometimes those can take and ends up uh, that you're losing business. I've heard so. of people marking businesses as closed as well. Yeah which is pretty, pretty bad. It is. It is. And uh, scary. I mean, we've, we've had incidences with uh, clients where they kept adding false amenities to hotels. Uh, or, or, and oftentimes, really frustrating, uh, was they would add negatives. So does not have uh, more than one hot tub or <laughs> uh, d does not have large... Uh, workout studio. It's like, well, does that really matter? No, but they're trying to add negatives, which will steer people away. It's sneaky. Uh, and it probably works <laughs> for people who are having a hard time deciding between a couple of hotels. Oh, for sure. It would work. If you get yeah. those changes in there, absolutely. You deter all kinds of people. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have uh, some more local SEO news. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. 
I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fenack. All right, so this was a, a good question. I actually love digging into the uh, local search forum uh, by what the Joe Hawkins team runs. Uh, I know I always say that, but it's true. I always enjoy it. Uh, and there's a lot more there I'm sure I could have found, but I didn't have the time. Anyway, this one was a really good question. It says, uh, it was by Kyle. It says, does anyone know if the below appointment URL clicks uh, is are tracked in Google My Business Insights? Is it a website action? So just to normalize this a bit. So when you look at a Google My Business listing, uh, let's say you look up a business name and on the right, you see their, uh, their local listing up here with more information about them. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's not in the local pack, but you actually see their business in like a knowledge panel. Well, often if they have an appointment 
tool and they've entered the information into their, their listing, you'll see an op opportunity to book. You can click a button. Well, apparently uh, that is not tracked. There is nothing saying that people have clicked on that, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I just don't understand that. But anyway, uh, Google does not do that. It does not show that within your stats uh, that you can see in your Google My Business dashboard. Uh, so it's a, just a great example of why you need to uh, add UTM codes to those URLs. UTM are universal. Um, uh, oh, what the heck? I used to remember what that was. It's some anyway. Essentially, it's it's a it's a tag you can add to a URL that will allow traffic that comes to your website to show up as coming from a particular link and it'll show up in Google Analytics. Uh, so UTM code. So look that up. There's actually a generator for it. You don't have to know anything about this. You just add source, um, identifier, uh, and purpose. And it just gives you some context of where that traffic from that came from that you didn't, wouldn't have had before. This is especially important these days, well, over the last number of years, gosh, now it's how long, it's been 10 years probably, since Google pretty much removed the source of traffic uh, from analytics. It's unless you're doing paid ads, you're not getting a lot of organic information anymore about the source of traffic. So this is a great way to add that. Anyway, uh, that was uh, Joy Hawkins responded to that and said that, and I thought it was brilliant uh, that that person asked this because uh, I've actually had it occur to me, but I forgot to ask. So it's nice to see. Yeah, those UTM codes sure make life a lot easier. You know, when you have a client, especially from our perspective, when you have a client come and say, well, how much of that traffic is a regular organic search and how much is it from my Google My Business listing? And before we, you really had no way to identify that. You just knew it was coming from one or the other. So uh, brilliant <laughs> to have that in place. I looked up UTM and it wasn't what I remembered, actually. I, I, I now understand, I now remember, but it, talking about a flat bath, blast from the past, it means urchin tracking module. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't, I didn't know what it meant, but that's not what I would have guessed. Well, it's because Google Analytics was originally called Urchin. urchin that's right. Wow, that goes and, way back. Yeah, like way back. Anyway, uh, I'm glad it wasn't completely obvious because that's certainly not. <laughs> like user tracking. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I've assumed the UT stood for, but. Me too. I Maybe think there might now. be a, 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 an alternate, um, uh, an alternate uh, way to describe it. But anyway, let's right. Let's jump into the Mueller files. Yeah, sure. So this might not come as a surprise to some, but it might to others. Uh, in a recent video hangout, uh, Google's John Mueller said that Google search does not specifically differentiate and treat differently category pages or filter pages or search pages or tag pages, bit of a run on there, uh, from any other pages. Um, he said that it is not about the technical type of page that it is, but rather what is on that page and how you link to it internally. Uh, he did go on to say that we do not try to recognize the difference between different category pages or filter pages or search pages. <laughs> Essentially, we see all of these pages as being equivalent, and it's more a matter of the kind of content that you provide there, he added. So well, the reason I found this interesting is because it's kind of relevant and it's 
ultra relevant to me because I am working on a big audit right now. And this has come up where the client has a hundred million different tag pages. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of, in a lot of cases, what people will do is you'll simply block tag pages, but it's not because tag pages are inherently bad. It's because the way people use tag pages, it makes them bad. So you often end up, if you have too many tag pages, for instance, you may end up with, uh, you know, 10 different tag pages, each with a link to one single blog post on it and no other content. So you end up with 10 thin pages that have no real purpose and that's not good. So that's bad. So it's really, you know, if you have tag pages that are thin, it happens, it makes sense. If they have no content on them and they're really thin and bare, you're probably better off to block them. If you want them to rank on the other hand, you can do that by adding relevant content that's specific to the tag, uh, improving how you link to those tag pages um, and probably using them more sparingly. Uh, so if you see a case where you've got multiple tags that basically are the exact same thing, uh, you know, merge them into one single tag. So you get more content on those tag pages. Uh, one example with the audit I'm doing is he has some cases where there are two tags that are the same word, but one is plural and one isn't. And so you end up with all this extra duplicated thin content on top of it, and it can become a real mess. So, yeah. and the same applies to category pages and, and like you said, search pages and all this other stuff, uh, make those pages, uh, make them valuable, give them a reason for Google to want to rank them. And they're very useful, very powerful pages in how your site performs. But if you don't take the effort to make those pages what they should be, you know, they actually become a, a liability rather than an asset. And, and, and keep in mind, there's some best practices um, for specifically for search. Um, block it. <laughs> there's there's no reason you would want Google to index search pages. Uh, you, you've got enough to optimize. <laughs> and those typically are, are a bit of a mess. So I would just block them entirely. Um, this is when someone does goes up and searches for something within your site. Uh, not even sure. Google would have to see some instance, like maybe if you said people search for something on that page and they could go and look at search options, they'd have to some way to index it is what I'm getting at or crawl it. And really they're not searching. They're not using the form and testing it. Um, so there must be some way they're accessing it. In any case, I just like to block them, make sure that those are not going to show up. Uh, it's just wasting um, crawl budget, uh, index budget, you name it. So when it comes down to it, just, uh, be clean with that. And also when it comes to categories and tags, uh, there are different schools of thought there. Uh, which one should you use? Should you use both? And if you do use both, how to use them? Uh, could be a whole show. In fact, it should be at some point. But when it comes down to it, uh, if you're going to use tags, limit them. Try to really put some thought into what they're going to be and stick to those. Don't create, uh, don't add like three or four new tags every time you've created a new article because you think they're relevant. Uh -uh. No, try to reuse ones you've used before. Um, oftentimes there will be ones that are already there. Uh, and when you add a new one, it could be actually the same thing, but you've just used different words or you've added an extra word and it's had, it's all of a sudden ballooned your site. Uh, it creates that much more uh, space for pages, waste again, how much time Google's going to spend indexing really useful or useless content. Uh, uh, useless duplicated content in this case. All right. 
this next bit is yours too. It says, why web pages disappear from search console reports? What's this yes. one about? <laughs> Sorry, I totally interrupted you there. Um, yeah, so if you're you know looking at some of your reports in Search Console, you'll find that sometimes the number of pages visible on those reports declines. And somebody had asked, uh, so we're seeing a slow decline in mobile-friendly pages in the mobile usability report in Search Console. We are also seeing a decline in pages that are in the core Web Vitals report and also other enhancements like review snippets and all of this type of stuff. Over the span of a month, uh, in the span of maybe a month or a month and a half, there's been about a thousand pages that I would, sorry, I'm reading a, a direct quote. I should have actually paraphrased this a little bit here, um, but I would like to know, is this a crawling issue potentially? Where should I be looking here? They're not coming up as errors or anything. They're simply dropping out of that report. So yeah, if you're you know in Google Search Console and you look at the Core Web Vitals page or any, a lot of those other pages there, the, the, the enhancements type reports, Sometimes you'll see the total number of pages Google is checking has dropped. So this person is concerned that the quantity of pages dropping is a result of Google discounting pages on his website. And what John replied with is that essentially what is happening is for these reports, we look at a sample of the URLs from your website. So it's something where having fewer URLs in these reports it doesn't mean that the other URLs are bad or problematic. It's just that we didn't check them. Uh, especially for the aggregate reports, which is for the core web vitals and to some extent AMP report, structured data report, mobile friendliness. For those reports, we only take a look at a sample and that sample can change over time. So this is good to know because I, I've definitely seen this happen and I knew not to worry about it, but I could see where a lot of people would. When the quantity of those pages being checked goes down, you may start to panic. Like I used to have a thousand that they're checking, now they're checking a hundred. What's going on? Do I have link issues on the site? What, you know, you start to worry about problems that you need to troubleshoot. But in reality, Google's just taking a smaller sample. It means nothing. You're not being penalized. Uh, don't panic. It's all good. <laughs> it's essentially <laughs> what this is. But I think a lot of people don't see it that way. You know, with all these things that Google does, it's very easy to panic. Well, and, and it's, yeah, they, they're giving us a lot of information now and like the, uh, the old days, and now it, it becomes <laughs> almost problematic. You know, what, uh, how much of this should we take seriously or how much should we worry about what we're seeing? So it's a good question and I'm, I'm glad uh, John asked it. I answered it fairly clearly. Uh, essentially, you know, there's taking samples and they vary how many samples they take. Don't let it worry you. Um, so you got a, a good question here. Thank you for being um, so active on our, our uh, SEO 101 Facebook forum. It's uh, nice to see that, Scott. Yeah, I've so, noticed it's, it, been, it had been kind of going a bit stale. And I thought, you know, we need to get back in there and, and become more active in that community. And it's already made a difference. People are commenting on some of the posts and asking questions again. And um, I'm mm. going to try to keep up on that and, and stay involved. So if you haven't been to the Facebook group in a long time, definitely go check it out and uh, throw your comments and questions in there so we can bring it up on the show and, and help you if you need help. Yeah, it's, and it's... Uh, we've said it many times before. It's it's one of the best parts of this uh, show is being able to answer questions on the fly. It's fun for us. Uh, we can get out of just looking at news, which is also helpful for us, but uh, and really help you out. So this first question here is uh, from Christopher Taplin. He says, "Hi, I've been listening to the podcast over the UK for over in the UK for a while. Yay! I dip my toes in SEO, but I'm about to take over a business with a website 
which sells products online as well as offline. And so I need to go full depth now. What's the first things you do to record where the site is now before starting any improvements? The site will need a complete redesign as well as a full digital marketing campaign, but I don't want to go at that like a, like a bull in a china shop. Where do you start? So you put together some notes here, Scott. Yeah, so I've got a few notes here. You know, really what he's looking for, yeah, is, you know, benchmarks, really, essentially. So he has something to compare to. So, but the first thing you want to do is back everything up. We talked about this earlier, back mm -hmm. it up, especially if you're going into a full redesign and say you launch that redesign and you don't like it, it doesn't work. You know, you want to make sure you have that backup. So I'm always going to say that a lot, back everything up. Uh, and then it comes down to recording the metrics you want. So the first thing I would do is make sure that you have Google Analytics set up on the existing site. It probably is already there, uh, but it might not be. If it's there and you have access to it and you know, you're know you acquiring this business, make sure you get that access, really important. There's a lot of historical data in there that you're gonna wanna see. Um, so if you don't have access, get it set up. So at least you have something. Uh, so that's the first thing I would do. Next, what I would do is take a look at current rankings. Uh, SEM Rush is a great tool to use for that. Now, SEM Rush, depending on your subscription level, will not have historical data. So you'll be able to see all the rankings they're aware of as of now. Uh, and unless you have a higher level account, if you check that in a month or two months, you're not going to see today's numbers. So take a snapshot of where things are now and export that into Excel. So then you've got it, you know it's there, and you can compare against those rankings with uh, you know your rankings a month out, um, a month after redesign, two months after redesign, to see if what you've done has worked and been helpful. I would also record things like uh, site speed scores uh, for your current site and then compare that against your development site uh, and then your live site later to make sure that your speeds have improved. Primarily, I would look at page speed insights and GT metrics. There are a million tools out there that check speed, but those two, you know, we tend to use them. They're easy, they're free. Well, GT metrics, you can have a paid subscription for that, but it's not necessary in a lot of cases. Uh, and I would also, before you look into redesigning, look at your current site to see what pages are performing well in terms of traffic and rankings. So you've got that exported list from SEMrush. Take a look at what pages themselves are actually ranking and make note of those because if they're ranking, you don't want to lose those. Make sure that you have that same content on the new site. You have the same sort of navigational paths into that uh, replacement page on the new site so that content can continue to rank um, and also look at what pages have traffic in them or, or going to them organic traffic so again you can see that in google analytics any pages that have a lot of traffic especially organic traffic going in you want to make sure that those pages exist on the new site preferably on the same url as well uh, and then finally i would also spider the website use screaming frog uh, there are others we use Screaming Frog. It's great, especially over the past couple of years. They made some huge improvements. If you get a spidering of your site with Screaming Frog, you can easily save that and compare it to future crawls. So you can then re-spider the site once it's relaunched and compare the current with the uh, previous crawl and find out any potential issues there. So. Mm -hmm. Those are definitely a few things I'd, I'd uh, want to take into consideration right off the start. Yeah, and I'll add a few here too. Uh, when you're taking over a site, uh, sometimes there's the not so obvious things that you don't now, you're going to lose access to if you don't ensure you get it beforehand. Um, uh, one is uh, Google My Business. 
You want to make sure that you have access to that account. You don't want to have to recreate it again. And you want to do this before the new owner moves on. I have a personal experience with that with one of our clients who's actually got screwed. You had to start all over again with the, 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 list, the listing. And it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, so because when the person left, they left. <laughs> they were not going to have anything to do with it, even though they said they would. Um, ensure you have Google Tag Manager access. Uh, that's uh, really important. Oftentimes, all the tags that you have on the site are there uh, if it's properly set up. Uh, one of the tools that is kind of handy to use to find out what you should look for access to is built with. Uh, it's a tool, it's built with.com. And if you just run that on your website, uh, do it on select pages because it only looks at each page that you actually plunk in uh, and look for what you know, web bugs are appearing, uh, tracking codes, anything, and, and look at what they're connected to. It'll say, uh, for example, if you see a Quantcast code, well, you should get access to the Quantcast account. It's, uh, it's free in many cases. Uh, at least I believe that one is. Uh, there's another one I can't recall right now, but that is free. And then you'll get some historical information, sometimes really, really interesting and, and helpful audience measurement uh, information. Maybe they did A-B testing. Uh, and they've still got some uh, tags on there. You want to have access to that. Uh, you know, if you really want to be paranoid, this could actually end up hurting you if you didn't do this and that code was left on the site uh, or was somehow passed along to the new site because that person that sold would still have access to that data. Uh, anyway, just make sure you've closed all the doors and to the uh, past owner, but also retained access to whatever they were working on. Uh, and it takes sitting down with them and walking through it, all the different things they've done in the past, the tools they've used, what they've paid for, uh, what kind of a relationship they have with their hosting company, access to domain ownership, making sure that's being passed to you, change passwords, uh, just present, pretend as though you're getting the keys to a new home. You got to lock all the doors. You've got to, I mean, change the locks and all the doors make sure you have access to the, the oil accounts or the, that's for an older home, but um, you know, whatever natural gas accounts uh, just make sure you've covered the bases. And I think uh, built with is a great little tool to help you do that. All right, good luck though, Christopher. I know it's, it's going to be a big job, but uh, it sounds like you're up to it. You know what you're talking about. So uh, if we've missed anything, if any questions for follow-up, let us know. It's a really cool topic. All right. Uh, I thought there was two questions. All right, just just one. We've got one. We had there was another question posted as well. I do not have it directly in front of me, but I also don't have an answer good enough for broadcasting right now. So we'll get okay. that on the next show, and I'll do some research so I'm prepared for it. Perfect. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. And if you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week on WMR.FM. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night, and good luck. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money. 